We don't expect a plumber to tell an electrician how to wire a house, nor do we expect a mechanic to tell a chef how to make a delicious meal. So when a carpenter comes along and tells a disappointed and frustrated fisherman how to fish, what do you think the fisherman should do? The bottom line? Sometimes a fisherman has to listen to the carpenter's advice to push out into the deep to catch the fish. And sometimes this carpenter's advice is what we, as God's assembly, need to hear as well. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. In this past Sunday's Gospel, we get a chance to see Jesus the teacher, not only the classroom teacher in front of a crowd, but also the one-on-one mentor who shows Simon the way. In the opening scene, Jesus is standing next to Lake Gennesaret, which is just another name for the Sea of Galilee. It's the same lake. Not too far away are a few fishermen, Simon and his co-workers, James and John. They've been fishing all night, but hadn't caught anything. Now as Jesus approaches, they're cleaning their nets, getting ready, we suppose, to head home. As the crowd begins to press in on Jesus, he decides to use Simon's empty boat to speak to the people from the middle of the lake. Some exegetes of this passage have noted that speaking from the center of a lake may have been an ancient sound system. The lake amplifies the speaker's voice. But as you'll see in a few minutes, I think there's something more going on here. At Jesus' request, Simon willingly takes him to the center of the lake, and after teaching the crowds for a bit, Jesus unexpectedly tells Simon to start fishing again. But after a bit of protest, he finally casts out his net and catches so many fish that he has to call out to James and John to bring their boat over. When they get to shore, Simon has a come-to-Jesus moment. He begs Jesus to leave on account of his sins. However, Jesus tells him not to be afraid and tells him, notice, Jesus doesn't ask. He tells him that he will now be a fisher of people. Simon's response? Luke says that Simon, James, and John left everything and follow Jesus. This story also looks like a nice little miracle story about a carpenter's fishing skills. Or it may look like a nice little story about how Jesus gains his first disciples. But I think this story also has a spiritual message for us. I think it's more than just a story about how the Jesus movement starts to gain momentum. To discover the spiritual message in this reading, let's take a closer look at some of the details, which in turn raises a few questions. The first questions have to do with the unsuccessful fishermen. We know that Jesus finds the fishermen washing their nets, and we know that they hadn't caught anything. So, was it necessary to clean the nets, even if there hadn't been any fish in them? Perhaps we can imagine that they had been entangled with seaweed, or we can imagine that they had caught sticks 
or other bits of rubbish that would have been floating around in the water. So, on a historical level, perhaps, it's not hard to imagine why the fishermen were cleaning their nets. But spiritually, what does this mean? Nets are obviously a way of catching something. But if it's a spiritual metaphor, what mode of catching do they represent? And what exactly are they supposed to be catching? Fish? But what do fish represent, metaphorically or spiritually speaking? And if the fishermen, at this point still future disciples, are meant to catch something, why haven't they? The answer to me, it seems, is threefold. Either they are lazy and didn't really try, or the mission is too hard for them to accomplish, or perhaps they haven't been trained or given the resources they need to accomplish their task. To me, it seems the entire episode here is centered around the fishermen and their lack of success. But this is the opening that Jesus needs to command Simon to put out into the deep and catch the fish he's destined to catch. As we first encounter Simon for the first time, sitting there cleaning his nets with no fish, I'm sure we can imagine how he felt, defeated, frustrated, hopeless. He had spent the entire night working, but he returns to shore without a single fish. His family was probably depending on him. He had mouths to feed. And if you consider the taxes that were probably owed by someone of his class and line of work, he probably needed to meet a quota so that he could sell enough fish in the market to have the money he needed to pay the Roman tax collector. From the archaeological record, we know that fishermen were not well-to-do folks. In 1986, a first-century Galilean boat was discovered as a result of a severe drought. After careful study, the archaeologists concluded that this 8-by-26-foot boat had been stripped of its reusable parts, such as its sail and anchor, and pushed out into the Sea of Galilee to sink. Originally, it was constructed from timbers salvaged from other boats. In fact, its forward keel was made from Lebanese lumber, but that was the only part of the boat that was made from high-quality wood. The rest of the boat had been made out of a lower quality, local wood such as pine, jujube, and willow. What this tells us is that these boats were constructed by knowledgeable craftsmen, but they didn't have access to the resources they needed to construct them. It seems it was quite common to strip older boats of their usable parts and recycle them. First century fishermen worked hard to keep their boats afloat using scrap wood and make a living through fishing. Simon's boat was probably just like this one. Jesus would have asked to use a boat that had been ingeniously hobbled together. The point is that Simon would not have been rich, elite, or affluent. He would have depended on his catch, and we can imagine his disappointment in having come home empty-handed. We've all felt this way. We do the right things, and we don't get the results we want. This isn't just an individual feeling. I think we've also felt this way as a church. In general, our baptism and chrismations are down, our weddings are down, and our Sunday church attendance is declining. All of this even before we consider the extenuating circumstances of COVID-19. Even within our own families, 
it's become a problem. We've raised our children and grandchildren in the church, and we've had them baptized, but we've seen them slip away in college or adulthood. They've become CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. This doesn't mean that we aren't working hard. Like Simon who fished all night, parish councils are still meeting, Sunday schools are still teaching, and priests and chanters are still performing the services. Yet here we are, cleaning our nets, not having caught anything. But then something happens to Simon. A stranger approaches him and asks him to borrow his boat. And if this isn't strange enough, the stranger then asks him to put out into the deep and let his nets down for a haul. What can this rabbi from the small landlocked town of Nazareth know about fishing? After all, his craft seems to have been carpentry, not fishing. I think if we listen closely to today's gospel, we too will hear this man calling out to us to use our boat. And if we listen just a little harder, I think we too will hear a command to push out into the deep. Despite all logic, Simon heeds this command of Jesus. I'm sure he's glad he did. When he let down his net into the deep, he ends up catching so many fish that he has to call to his companions, James and John, to come and help him drag all the fish to shore. It's at this point that fear and amazement seizes him. He falls down at Jesus' feet and begs him, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Sin can also mean rebellion, and Simon admits he's been rebellious. We can say he hasn't heeded the command of God. Only begrudgingly did he put out into the deep. It's at this point that I think some of the questions about the spiritual meaning of the passage start to become clear. Jesus tells Simon that he shouldn't be afraid. From now on, he says, Simon will be fishing for humans, for people. And no, he's not fishing for people to make Soylent green. The call is to make all nations children of God. It's clear now, the fish that Simon had meant to be catching wasn't literal fish, but people who are then baptized into the church. The net, the gospel, as preached to Simon by Jesus. The spiritual message is for Simon to be one under authority of the gospel, being faithful to it by preaching to Gentile Romans. One of my seminary professors, Father Paul Tarazzi, sees this also as a teaching for the early church, especially the church in Jerusalem led by the pillars Simon Peter, James, and John. As we know, the Gospel of Luke was written after the resurrection, and it probably was telling the story of Jesus in such a way as to encourage the early church and address situations that have arisen in their congregations. From early church history, we know that Simon, James, and John, the pillars of the Jerusalem church, didn't push out very far into the deep. In other words, they stayed in Jerusalem and didn't venture into the Gentile world beyond the Mediterranean Sea. As a result, we could say that they weren't catching any fish. It's quite possible that Luke included this story in his gospel as a criticism of the early Jerusalem church for not undertaking a Gentile mission, as Paul had. By telling the story, Luke not only calls out the Jerusalem church, 
but he also gives them the solution. He imagines that they can get back on track by imitating Simon, falling down at Jesus' feet and announcing his unworthiness. In other words, their first step is to repent of their failure and heed Jesus' command to preach the gospel to all nations, including the Gentiles and the Romans. Then, if they abandon their human-made traditions, as Simon, James, and John had abandoned their boats to follow Jesus, then there will be a church under the authority of Christ. It's in this way that Luke gives hope that the Jerusalem church is not lost. Perhaps this also is our solution. Perhaps we've been too comfortable in our churches, too afraid to push out into the deep, too attached to our own local man-made traditions. Perhaps through today's gospel reading, Jesus is calling out to us to move away from the shore into deeper waters to let down our nets. Perhaps he's calling us outside of our own comfort zones or to re-examine our fishing techniques. Our challenge is to hear this call and be like Simon, putting out into the deep and letting our nets down. And when we do, perhaps the unexpected will happen. Perhaps God will fill our nets. But we have to be ready to admit our sin, our rebellion against following God's command. And we have to be willing to drop everything in order to continue to be a people under the authority of Christ and follow Him. May it be so. Thank you.